Open wide. Open wide. Let the King of Glory come in. Open wide your gate. Yes. Let the King of Glory come in. Yes. Open. Open wide your gates. Open wide your gates. Yes. Open wide your gates. Let the King of Glory come in. Yes. Open wide your gates. Would you put your hand over your heart as you're singing? Open wide your gates. It starts with the gate of your heart. Let the King of Glory come in. Come on, just the voices in the piano. Open wide the gates. Open wide the gates. Open wide the gates. Let the King of Glory come in. Just a few moments as the piano plays, your hand over your heart. Come on, how bad do you want God to go down deep today? So many times we think about our hearts as like a four-bedroom house. We say to God, God, you can have the bedroom where I keep all my problems. And God comes in and he deals with our problems. And then we say, God, you can have the bedroom where I keep all my fears. And then God comes in and he helps us with our fears. But we'll have these other bedrooms, these other rooms, where we keep our hopes and our dreams. And we'll say, no, Jesus, we don't trust you with that yet. And we'll have another place where we keep our deepest, darkest secrets and our hurts. And we'll say, I don't know if I can trust you with that. And that's why the Bible says, who is this King of Glory? He is the Lord Almighty. Then it says it again. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord Almighty. And then it says, open wide the gates that He may come in. Because God is saying to you today, like a king would have said to ancient Israel long ago, can I come in and have rulership over all of you? Jesus is asking, can I come into that secret place? Can I come into that place where you keep your, your hopes, your dreams, your treasures? Will you let me come inside of you and have all of you? He says, I want all of you. And our reaction to him is, but I don't trust you. I don't, I don't know you that well, Jesus. I'm so hurt in these areas. I don't know if you can make me better. And Jesus says, look to the scars on my hands. Look to the cross. It says, I love you. It says, believe in me. And a way we understand that today is Jesus says, Trust me. Trust me. So with your hand over your heart, we're going to sing it just one more time. But I want you to prepare yourself which, for what could be the greatest service of your life. Would you right now, just in your mind's eye, in your heart, just open up every door. Just right now, just begin to say, God, I open up my relationships. I open up my dreams. I open up my family. I open up my failures. I open up my fears. I open up the things I'm ashamed of, my sins. I open them up to you right now. Come on. Come on, just open it up. Just open it up. Who is this King of glory? Who is this King of glory? 
He wants it all. This King of glory is the Lord God Almighty. Who is this King of glory? You can trust Him today. Who is this King of glory? Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord God Almighty. Come on, one more time. Who is this King? Who is this King of glory? Yes. Who is this King of glory? Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord. Now I want you to listen to this next verse. You're going to say, I open wide my heart. I open wide my heart. I open wide my heart. And I say, Come in. Come on. I open wide my heart. I open wide my heart. I open wide my heart and I say come in. I open wide my heart. I'm opening it up to Jesus. I open wide my heart. I'm opening. I open wide my heart. And I say. And I say come in. Come on, man. Would you join us and just get excited today? Come on, I open. I open wide my heart. I hold nothing back. I open wide my heart. And I say, come, come in, Jesus. I open wide my heart. Spread it wide open. You can trust Him. I open wide my heart. And I say, come on, one more time. I open. And I open wide my heart. Yes, I open wide my heart. And I open wide my heart. Now just just say his name, just say, Jesus, Jesus, come on, just say his name, Jesus, Jesus, come on, do you believe he's good to you? Speak his name over your life right now, he's been a good God, hasn't he? (laughs) He's a loving Savior, just a few more times. Jesus. Jesus the Alpha, the Omega. Jesus, the beginning and the end. Jesus, the lily of the valley. The Jesus, fairest of 10,000. Our Jesus, good shepherd. Jesus, Hallelujah. Our healer. Jesus, our deliverer. Jesus, the way. The truth. Jesus, the life. The King of Kings. It's closer than a brother. The fairest. Hallelujah. Would you hold somebody's hand just right now? Because I feel God in this place. Welcome to the greatest worship service of your life. We believe that we're going to go deeper than we've ever gone before. We have prepared this place in prayer. And we are ready to take it to another level. Amen. Adam, would you lead us off in prayer and let's start this worship time together. Father God, your presence is here. Where your presence is, there is freedom. Father, we just proclaim freedom in this room, in our hearts, in our lives. Father, we declare that the chains, the chains of sin, the chains of bondage will be broken off of your people. In Jesus' name, 
Father, let your spirit come like a roaring wind, Father. Let it flow like a river in our hearts, Father God. Let it be a worship that we can't contain. Father, let it be a song's heart. Father, let it be a song's heart. God, we just give you this time, O oh Lord. And Father, we declare that greater things are to come. Greater things. You take us from glory to glory. Father, have your way. Father, have your way in this time of worship. Oh, Father, lead us, God. Lead us. Come on, just right now, just say, lead me, Holy Spirit. Oh, we want you to lead us, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and lead us. Oh, we want more of you. If you don't go, we don't go. But we know that you're here, so we're going after you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Father, bless this time of worship. Have your way in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. All right, amen, amen, amen. Let's start this off right. We want you guys to dance. This first song is called Dance. So that's exactly what we're going to do. David said, hey, become more undignified than this. Dancing before his people. So let me have some of my leaders. If you're up here, Birdo, let me have my uh, Hector come up to the front. We just want to teach you some simple dance moves. So when we get to the chorus and we say, dance, we want you guys to dance. So you guys can face the people for me, please, Birdo and Hector. And some simple dance moves. When we get to the chorus, what's your retreat without some dance moves? Hallelujah. The first one is called the running man. And you guys are going to run in place. Guys, show them what it's like. Go ahead. Just run in place, run in place. Come on. That's the running man. Amen. This next one is called the dosi do. Guys, show them what the dosi do is. You guys know what a dosi do? Down shelf, relax a dosi do. So look to your neighbor. When we get to dosi doing, we're going to be moving, we're going to be dancing. And the last one is we're just going to be jumping. And when you jump, just give a hand fist. Go ahead and jump. Are uh, you guys are ready? Let's practice, let's practice. How about this? How about this? Ready? Let's do the running man. Let's go. We run for you. We run. We run for you. Go ahead and do-si-do. do si do, do, -si -do. Come on, do -si do Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on and jump, jump, jump for the Lord. Jump for the Lord. Yeah. Y'all ready? Come on. Sing this, I'm after. Down after your heart, should I be? Till when the worship starts, Lord, I'm so in love with you. What can men do? Can't hold me back anymore. So you sing, and you spin over me, and you are pleased when I spin myself on you. I'm gonna let go and really worship. Here we go. Come forth, dance, won't dance, dance. Let the spirit move you. Dance, dance. The Holy Spirit in you. Here we go, I'm after. 
when the worship starts love and I'm so in love with you what can a man do can hold me back and he won't drop see you spin you spin over me and you are pleased when I spin myself on you I'm gonna let go and really worship let go to do si do Dance, come on, dance, dance. Let the spirit move you. Dance, come on, dance. The Holy Spirit in you. Dance, dance. Let the spirit move you. Dance, dance. Come on, just the drums and bass right now. Come clap those hands, come on. Oh, you ready? Oh yeah! Come on and run, come on and run, run in place. Do the running, man. Come on and run. We run for you, we run for you, Jesus. Come on and do the dosido, dosido, dosido. Come on and grab your neighbor and dosito. We dosito. Oh, come on, you're ready to jump. Come on and jump, jump. Go sing it out, sing dance. Here we go. We dance, dance. Let the spirit move you. Give him a hand, clap for victory. Oh, come and move us, Lord. Come and move us, Jesus. Oh, we burn for you. Come on and dance, yeah. We dance. Let the Spirit move you. Dance, yeah. Oh, the Holy Spirit. Come on, just lift up your voices and worship. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's inside of you. Jesus, come and invade. Come and invade our hearts. Oh, come and invade our hearts. We dance for you. We worship you. Lift your voice today. Oh, and I'm on my soul. We want more of you. Jesus, we want more. We want to be the same come and rock my world Jesus Jesus yeah come and move on 
Release your fire. 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 Release your f
let our passion bring you fame. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion bring you fame. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion bring you faith. And we cry. Holy, 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 the angels cry, holy, 
fire And I'll provide the sacrifice You provide the spirit And I will open up inside
just lift your hands right now as a sign of surrender unto what God is already doing. He's already moving on your hearts. Come on, just invite Him. Lord, wreck it all. God, I'm still seeing my flesh. I'm still seeing the old way I used to think. God, come and break it down. Tear down the walls and fill me up with your spirit. Oh, come on.
The precious blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus. In Jesus' blood never fails me. In Jesus' blood never fails me. Oh, in Jesus' blood never feel God's presence in this place right now. Come on. Come on, Jesus. We want more. We're hungry. Now, I'm going to show you guys how to press in for 15 more minutes so you can say I've gone further in worship than I've ever gone before. This is what I want you to do. I want you just to fill up these altars right now so everybody who's kneeling just kind of step up if you can and just crowd around these altars right now. Come on. Come on, we're just going to press in for these next 15 minutes. We're going to press in for these next 15 minutes because we want to go to a place we've never gone before. We're going to sing that song that we were singing about the sacrifice, so we're going to get the words up. And I want to purposely take my time to help you get where you need to be right now. So just come on, come on. You ever been to a concert before? Come on, this ain't nothing new. This is a Holy Ghost concert. Amen. We got plenty of room for some of you on this side. If you could scoot this way. We got plenty of room right here so everybody could fit into this altar. The Bible says in John chapter 4 that Jesus met the woman at the well. And He told her all about her life and she said how do you know this about me you must be a prophet and then he said something to her that was so remarkable he said we don't need to go to a temple to find our God he said our God is a spirit and he desires those who will worship him in spirit and in truth amen come on somebody amen now, some of you have already, this, this is not your first rodeo. You've already worshipped before. I know that we, we are touching heaven right now. But for some of you, we want to slow back, rewind for you so you can join with us. That's why we're all going to be together so nobody feels left out, nobody feels alone. When we raise our hands, it's a sign of surrender. We're just saying we surrender. And it's a sign of adoration. So everybody just kind of do that right now. Just put it up. See, get the awkwardness out. Come on, put it up. And just say, I love you, Jesus. I surrender all. 
Amen. You may put your hands down. You're doing it. See, that is worship. Why did we ever trade that for Michael Jackson? For Little Wayne? For whatever rock group is... Why did we do all of this for them? But when we come into the church... I remember the first time I came into church, man... When I was saved at 18, I mean, I used to go to the club, get high. I mean, I would make a fool out of myself. Somebody say a fool. But man, when I came to church, I was like, dude, these guys are crazy. I'm like, they're, because I looked around and people were raising their hands. And I want to tell you, man, listen to me. The devil put such a lie in my head. He said, if you do it, then you're fake. Because you're not a church person. And this is only for church people. And the devil just kept me so just uncomfortable. It was like I was just waiting for it to be over so I could sit down. But somewhere right in the middle of it, Jesus said, Did I set you free? Did I deliver you? Did I save you? Was I good to you? Did I love you? And I said, yes, Lord. Then he said, throw your hands up and let the world know you love me. And I just remember throwing up my hands and I said, I don't care. I may not be perfect, but I know I'm forgiven. And I want to tell the God who created me, I love you. Come on, somebody. And when we close our eyes, let me explain this to you. When we close our eyes, we're not making a wish or playing make-believe. We're closing our eyes because we've seen enough of what this world has to offer. And we know there's a better place where our King dwells. And instead of using our imaginations on vanity and perversion... When we close our eyes, we imagine of heavenly realms and places where our God is next to us and we're seated with Him. And where the redeemed of the Lord say so and where the angels of heaven gather around a throne. Hallelujah! With a crystal sea and streets of gold. We imagine being in the throne of God. And it's not make-believe. It's not make-believe. It's called faith. And the reason why we sing is because have you noticed everybody on planet earth loves songs? It doesn't matter what culture they're from, what part of the world they're from. Every, that's the one thing we all have in common. Everybody loves songs. I've been to India. We've been to Europe. But people love to sing. So everybody just go, Jesus. Your vocal cords were created to give God glory. Those vocal cords weren't meant to sing songs about money, songs about love and romance, songs about heartache. And all. These vocal cords were meant to sing to Jesus. Why did I just share that with you? Because the Bible says, your God is looking for worshipers. Worshipers are people who throw their hands up to heaven. 
close their eyes and think of heavenly things and sing songs to God. And when they are in the presence of their king, sometimes they even kneel. So come on, if you can, just kneel. And what this means is you're bowing down. If you can't, don't hurt yourself. But if you can't, this means you're bowing down before royalty. This is worship. That song on the screen is just a song if it doesn't come from your spirit and if it's not true. The Bible says God is looking for worshipers, people who will sing, people who will close their eyes, people who will lift their hands, at times kneel, who will do all of that from their spirit and truth. That means they mean it. Would you come to your feet with me? I've taken up eight, uh, we got eight minutes left. I took about seven minutes explaining this to you at this altar right now. Use these words as a starting ground. Would you worship God like you never have before? Some of you for the first time, come on. Band, would you do it? Let's just worship Him. Come on, just lift up your hands. Come on, just lift up your hands today. You provide the fire. Jesus, fill me up. Come on, think about what you're seeing. Yes, God. See, in the Old Testament, they would bring sacrifices. This time, it's your life. You provide the Spirit. You provide the Spirit. That's God's job. He'll do it. And that's your job is to open up. Come on, let's sing that verse again. You provide. You provide the fire. Amen. Come on, Jesus. And I'll provide the sacrifice. And you provide the spirit. Yes, he does. It's here now. He's here. Amen. Now you know what you're saying. Fill me up, God. We're asking God to fill us. the secret to worship everybody say the secret this is spontaneous worship a song between you and God 
they're going to play the music all pumped up again. But this time, without the words, you fill in the words that come from your heart. If you just want to go, Jesus, Jesus, that's awesome. If you have a good singing voice and you can hear the melody, then find it. If you want to speak in tongues, it doesn't matter. We call this spontaneous worship. So no more karaoke. The band is going to play. And now you tell God in your own words how much you love Him. You can sing it. You can shout it. You can just say it. Come on, just find a way to say I love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. Oh, I love you, God. Yes. There's nothing like you, Jesus. Just keep your voices raised. 30 more seconds. Come on, press in. From your heart. From your heart. And all you can say is, thank you, God. He's not judging you on how it sounds. Say it from your heart. closing let it rain and what rain symbolizes in the bible is the holy spirit and as we sing this last song of worship tonight would you sing it with everything you have believing that god is going to keep increasing in this place but not only here in lake geneva but all the way to chicago to the cities of america to the nations of the world that the holy spirit rain will come that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Yes, let it rain. Open up
tonight the power of God and just one last time let it rain let it rain to a dry and thirsty land where the hearts are dry fall on the floodgates If you love Jesus, give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Jesus. Gloria a Dios! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> Gloria! Will you slap somebody high five and say, Jesus loves you? Amen. Will you tell that to three other people as you make your way back to your seats? Thank you so much. Would you do that? Tell somebody you love them. Come on, Jesus loves you. Rudy and uh, Sid, would you move this down for me? Thank you. Oh, come on. God is good. God is good. Could you just keep playing that a little bit? Can we give it up for the band tonight that did an awesome job? Amen. Thank you, guys. Praise God. How many know now why you are here tonight? Did that not just set it all in order? We arrange these seats very special. Would you all come and fill them up now in these first four or five rows, please? Please come forward, everybody. Ushers, pick them up if they don't want to come. We filled this out and did this very intentional because we don't want you sitting by yourself in the back. Come quickly. We're going to wait for you. Trust me, it will get a lot more awkward uh, before we stop you, know, you moving. We're going to want everybody to move. Come on family in the back please come on quickly we don't want you to hide we're not going to let you do that come on I want these guys back here I'm telling you it will get a lot more awkward as, as, as long as you wait it will get more awkward so we got a couple hard headed ones right there let me get some of my big guys Berto. Come, just come throw them up here if they want to sleep outside tonight hey that's alright we'll, we'll keep waiting I guess somebody's waiting for you. Berto, over here. Jared, will you and Jared uh, move him, this guy out here, please? Thank you. 
Everybody just look up at me and smile because it may even get more awkward right back there. Just look up at me and smile. This may be a good time to put out your video camera, by the way. This may go on YouTube later tonight. Come on, come on. Vien, vien, vien. Closer. We have plenty of seats. We did it very strategically because we want you to be a part of what God is doing here. Would you raise the house lights up just a little bit for us, please? We are so thankful that you guys have dedicated a weekend to us, to trust us, to believe in us, to to ask us to do this for you. Okay, just kick them out then. Hey, dude, God bless you. Thanks for coming tonight. We love you. Ricky, let's just get them out the place tonight. Hey, dude, we're not going to put up with your attitude. I told you you can make it as awkward as you want. I was a youth pastor for seven years in New Orleans. This is how we roll. So, dude, we're going to pick you up now. Pick them up, dude. Move them out and just call the police, and we'll have somebody from Chicago get arrested tonight in uh, in Wisconsin. We're going to pick them up. That's a Chicago police officer. Ricky Rivera made it happen. We let's make let's give it up for Ricky Rivera. Whoever want whoever wants to go with him can. You can. We, we're not going to hold you back. We tried to reach out to him. It's up to him now. The way of the fool. The Bible says it's right in his own eyes, but in the end, is death. And uh, like I said, we've been, Glenn, we've been on the streets too long. We've been in gunshots. We've been in gang fights. You know, Brother Glenn, this, this is really the devil. Let me just tell you what's really happening here. It's really the devil that took away from what I wanted to do because Glenn really didn't get to share anything with you when he first started preaching. And I really wanted to do that with you right now. I wanted you to understand what it means to me to have him here. We were running a little late and we just kind of had to get into the service. Uh, Ricky, would you shut the door back there and just kind of keep an eye out? Let's give it up for Chicago's finest in Wisconsin. Amen. (laughs) Keep an eye on the parking lot. You know, we don't want any vandalism, however they may roll, whatever. But the devil just really wanted to distract us from what I was really wanting to do because we were running a little late and I did not do justice. Glenn and I go back to Bible college in New Orleans. I'm class of uh, 98. You're 99, one year behind. 99, one year behind. And uh, Glenn was older than me when we when I started. I was the first year, a second year than he came. So I was older than, he was older than me, but I was a year ahead. But he had such a humility. And I began to know his story. I'm not going to try to tell it all. He may do a little bit of this tonight, but... The reason why he has the nickname on Facebook, White Tyrone, it's not a put-off towards an African-American family. It's that he was adopted by an African-American family. And that's how he grew up. He didn't have a relationship with his birth mom and dad and grew up in Dade County, Miami. Had a powerful testimony, came to Bible college. And there where him and I got close was we worked in the Kalio projects, the Melphamine projects. So that's why I said that was just the devil. We have preached together with more chaos going on, with fights in the hood. Uh, Will DeZuka, remember some of that? Will, raise your hand. William there. Uh, He was back there with us. But you know what? Glenn's heart was always humble. He loved people. One of the funny stories that we have is that we wanted to do a camp like this with some of the kids from the inner city. And so we brought about a dozen of them to Mississippi. And while we were there, they were getting a little rambunctious, you know. So Glenn's a wrestler. And I said, Glenn, why don't you wrestle one of them? 
But they started getting upset because Glenn was beating them. So one of them stabbed him with a pencil. Yes. (laughs) So he took one for the team. And then there would be times in our ministry, he was 25, I was like 20. And he would be the only one on the insurance that could drive our vehicles. And we had a vehicle where the stage would would be like a U-Haul truck. And then a stage would fold right out of it. So we would just roll it up into the Calio projects and be like, bum, 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 bum. what's up? And we would start preaching. And I'm so serious. You would have drug dealers all around. And sometimes I would get so crazy. I would say, let's put it in the middle of highways like medians. Let's, cause like there's like about 10 feet of grass in a median sometimes. And I'm like, let's put it in medians. And he wouldn't let me do it. And we would get into all these fights. Uh, but he would love me. And then one t- I'm just telling you this history that we have. And then one time, you know, we, we brought a 15-passenger van here. Uh, one time, I think I was trying to put 30 kids in the van. And he was like, listen, man, if we get pulled over, I'm the one going to jail. And I'm like, listen, I'm not telling these kids they can't come. you got to tell. So we got in this big fight, 30 kids in the back. But I began t- to watch his life. I went to New Orleans. He went to Bastrop with another uh, SUM graduate. They planted a church for four years. They worked in one of the lowest income areas of Louisiana, a very poor city, and a city that was very, very racially still divided, black and white. And the pastor he went with was black and he was white, and they really did a wonderful work there. And then after that, God called him to do evangelism like you see today. And he started traveling around the country. He began to, you know, be with other people. But one of the most outstanding things about Glenn, Evangelist Glenn, that, that I want to share with you is that there was a time that he had a connection to India, very similar to like us, but way before us. And God brought him out to India. And he's been faithfully going out there for seven years. There are entire churches that he has built and helped supply the need of India. He just started the very first, by God's grace, the very first Bible college with our school, School of Urban Missions, in India, the first one overseas. Amen. He's married to another SUM graduate, Mary Beth. They have two kids. And here's something that I want you to understand as he gets ready to pour it out for us tonight, is that this is a partnership for you to receive something tonight. If you're new to Metro Praise, he is not here by accident. He's been here longer than you. This is his fourth year here. We go back 13, 14 years. Those of you who think I'm crazy now, please talk to him. He will tell you, no, Joe's really quite normal now compared to how he was in Bible college. And he's a lot nicer. If you want to know what it was like to work with me in my first ministry, he knows what it was like. I remember one time, I was yelling so much, we were in a, a, an argument, and I was trying to tell him, I think with the, the van thing, with putting the 30 kids in there, and we were in front of the president, and he was like, dude, I'm going to kill him. And the president's like, no, love him and forgive him. So my heart to have him here is so special, not to idolize the man, not to lift up the man, but to lift up what God is going to do here tonight. And I want you to believe God with me that when the time comes Sunday night, because we're not taking any offerings here. We're not getting into that. 
when the time comes, Sunday night at that special service, your friends and family will be there. He'll minister to the whole congregation. And then we'll take up the best offering we ever have for him because of what he's doing in India, the ministries he's doing around the world. He was just preaching at a conference of 6,000 people. And when he comes, he asks us for nothing other than just to get him a plane ticket home. But we want to do so much more than that. Amen. So would you stand to your feet and get ready to bless the man of God of faith and power for the hour. He shouldn't be my friend, but by the grace of God, he's here. Glenn Boom Boom Badonski. Come on, take your seats. Take your seats. Let's get into this thing. Amen. We're, we're, we're just a few clicks away from real change. Amen. I know that we're changing right now, but I mean like real eternal change. No going back change. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited because already you could feel the waves of change in people. I told uh, Pastor Joe, you know, this morning when we broke out in that last little bit there, you could feel certain confidence just really come into the room and, and real determination come into the room. I feel like there, there's, there's just like this, this, this line that we've drawn, amen? And we stepped over that line and we say we're going to go further now, Amen. So, you know, we're talking about process. We're going to minister prophetically as the Lord leads us here tonight. But let's just get back to what we were saying before. And that was that, that, that phrase that we were talking about, that I will not circumvent. You guys remember that? How many wrote that down? Everybody's hand should be up if you were here this morning. Amen. I'm, uh, that wasn't a trick question. Let me ask again. How many wrote that down? I will not circumvent God's presence, God's power, and God's conviction to fulfill or obtain a religious desire. Amen? And that's what I want to kind of start off with. We're going to look at a, at, at a, at a life in the Bible tonight out of 1 Kings. And we're going, to see some, we're going to see some processes in play. Amen? We've been talking about processes. We, t- we said that the process is what? Not the purpose. Amen? God's putting a test before you, but that is not the purpose. Amen? The purpose is what you're here to find out, amen? For certain and specific things that have happened in your life, you may not have known the purpose. We're going to ask God to give you some clues on what the purposes were. And even if you, you know, I have this file. I call it, you know, the mysteries of God. You know, it's okay to have that file. There's some things that we're not going to understand until we get into eternity, amen? It's it's very simple. With our finite minds, we're trying to understand an infinite God. Amen? We can't do that. Not with this set of tools that we have. But we will have that infinite mind with God in eternity, able to worship Him forever. Amen? And we'll know Him as He is known. And all mysteries will be revealed at that time. Amen? But I had this file in my life. I have a good friend, Mason Corwin. He was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. His wife, Lee Corwin really great friend of mine. Before I was saved, we were in a program together for youth offenders. And long story short, they are a couple. They serve God. They're missionaries to the nations on a campus in Alabama. And my good friend, Mason Corbin, and his wife went through a real tough time. She got cancer. And it was a cancer in the leg. And, uh, you know, they told her that she was going to have to have her leg amputated. And, you know, we had so many people praying and believing. It was just 
just an amazing, you know, time of rallying around what God, you know, what God's promises are. And I remember the week, the weekend, literally the day before uh, Mason was going to take her to Gainesville Hospital, Shans Hospital in Gainesville, Florida. He held a revival in Mississippi. And God opened a blind eye. A guy was blind in one of his right eye. Couldn't see since a young boy. He was injured in an accident. Hadn't seen out of that eye since he was eight years old. And now he was a full-grown man. God opened his eye. What do I mean? He healed him so that he could see. Now, I don't care. I don't know what your faith is, amen. It don't matter what your faith is, hallelujah. It matters what the truth is, amen. In that same meeting, another young lady with a deaf ear, totally verified by the doctors, she had a, a, her eardrum was blown out. Couldn't hear, hadn't heard out of that ear in decades. God heals her, completely repairs her eardrums. She can hear out of both ears. Even to this day, that man can see, that lady can hear. Believe in God all the way to Shan's Hospital in Gainesville, Florida. My friend Mason Corwin driving his wife there, saying, God, you're a healer. You can heal cancer. Amen? Brings her there. They take the x-ray. The cancer's still there. They amputate her leg. It's a mystery. I don't understand it. How could God allow a man to see miracles on that spectrum, yet his own family, his own wife, he couldn't see that healing take place. I don't understand it. I don't know if I'll ever understand that. You know, but it doesn't discourage me. It doesn't discourage me because I know that the same God that opened those eyes, amen, and opened that ear still is able. Hallelujah. The story gets sadder than that. She ends up and cancer comes back into her body. And now it's not only in the legs, it's in the lungs and in the stomach. And I go to India and I give, I'm given this beautiful purple shawl at a, at a crusade in the middle of nowhere. And we see God do amazing miracles. So many miracles. I lost track of the count of the miracles that God did there. Saw demons cast out of people. And this shawl was with me the whole time I was praying. It was purple color. And I felt as though God said, you know, bring that back to the king's daughter, Lee Corwin. When you get home, I want you to put it on her. And I want you to pray. And I tell you, we went in there. And then I don't think there was a person. We had a bunch of people. I don't think there was one person in that room, including Lee Corwin herself, who didn't believe that God had healed her that night. It was so thick. Thicker than almost I've ever felt the presence of God. Two days later, Lee passed away in heaven. I still wrestle with it. I still wrestle with it. From that day, I've still seen God do miracles. I can't explain it. I don't control Him. You see... I think sometimes when we come, we get this mentality that we just come to God and everything just is hunky-dory, peachy keen. The rest of our lives are all taken care of. It's not the way it is in God. It really isn't. I mean, it, as a Christian, we want to believe it's like that. I think that we want to convince people that it's like that. But listen, once you get into this thing, it now becomes a fight. 
It becomes a warfare. It becomes an understanding that there is an eternal thing happening in this lifetime. That everything I'm doing here is either adding to or taking away from my eternity. Did you hear what I said? Every idle word. What does that mean? The Bible says that every idle word will be shouted from the rooftops in that day. Everything is either giving to, investing in, or taking away from your eternity. This moment right here, right now, we're not going to have this moment tomorrow. We're not going to have it. That's the sobriety of the moment. That's the importance of the moment. When you get to that kind of a revelation and that kind of an understanding, you've got to begin to rethink everything. You know, I, I, I don't know why I'm ministering this way, but I just really feel that there's some tragedy in this room that have stopped people, stunted the processes in their life because they can't explain what happened. Two days ago, I got notice from a lady in, in my city to please begin praying for, for a, man, a young boy, four-year-old boy, Justin Toulette. In Cooksville, Tennessee, I don't, I've never met him. I don't know anything about him, but I read his story. And I read his mother's words about how every breath is precious. Little boy was diagnosed with cancer in March 2011 had op operated on his brain to take out cancer. Went through the whole summer, took chemotherapy. They went back to Memphis. I said, there's no hope for him. We can't do anything else. Take him home so he can die. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, know, I don't think you understand. What am I saying? I'm saying, look, could you imagine? I can't even imagine if I brought my son to a hospital with hope that he was healed. And the doctor would look at me and say, take him home. There's no hope for him. Take him home to die. Now I prayed. I mean, I wept like a baby. My pillow, my pillow was wet. My bed was shaking. I was just in vehement tears for this little boy. And I say, God, give him a miracle. Forgive them mercy. Take him softly, Lord. I don't understand. I don't understand a lot. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not able to explain it all. But I know something. What I do understand, I'm accountable for. What I do understand, I am accountable for. And the biggest trick of the devil is to get you wrapped up in one thing that you don't understand that happened in your life. The beginning of my life, I do not understand. A mother, 14 years old, drug, using mama, alcoholic mama, decides not to have an abortion and leaves me in a hospital. I don't understand that. 
I don't understand that. You know, I look at people and I look at their lives and I see them. And, and you know, and they're like, in my house when I was growing up and, you know, with my mom and my dad and, and we come from this. It's like it doesn't even relate to me. I don't understand how to even relate to that. The rejection that was inserted and enforced upon my life when a mama walked out of a hospital and left me. I'm not asking you to feel sorry. I'm just telling you I don't understand it. But it shouldn't paralyze me. It shouldn't paralyze me for the rest of my life. But you know what? I did. I let it. I let it all the way up until the day that I got saved. And I am accountable now. Not for what I don't know. But what I do know. And see, that's what this is all about. Is arming yourself with knowledge in Him. Arming yourself in experiences in Him. So that when you get out in the everyday life, when the devil tries to talk you out of the things you're doing in God, tries to talk you out of your belief system in God, you have these moments around altars that nobody forced upon you. But that you came and you met up in, a, in an intersection where God opened up heaven for a moment and he came sweeping down and he flooded your soul that's what it's really all about we can sit here and we can blame everything in our lives it's my parents fault it's my grandparents fault I mean, when's it going to stop and when are we going to own up to what we're doing right now we got to own up to something here tonight. We got to own up to something. We got to own up to our own sin. You got to look your sin in, and you got to look at it and you got to say, this is not pleasing to God. I got to stop this right now. You provide the fire and I provide the sacrifice. Do you have to know? You really have to know that thing in, in your life that you've been questioning about. It just, it's just a mystery. Or could you just say, I'm going to operate on what I got right now. If what I got right now, if God wants to add anything to that right now, I really we're going to receive that. Amen? That's where we've got to start. And that's where we've got to go. And that will stop you from doing what we were talking about earlier. That circumventing. That, you know... I've been, I've been, and nothing, uh, there's, uh, listen, I am thankful for the Catholic Church. Catholic nuns are the ones who came and rescued me out of the hospital. Took me to an orphanage. Gave me my first name that I know of. But listen, friend, when I went into a confessional booth to talk about the things that I had done wrong, and I walked out of that thinking, you know, I just did what I was supposed to do, what everybody told me I was supposed to do. But still, in my heart, knowing that I am getting ready to go back out and do some of the same things that I just said I was sorry for. That is a system, a religious system invented by men to appease their conscience. To circumvent, to go around a true experience with God. To have just enough of God to feel satisfied. That's sin. That's sin. 
when you're wrapped up in systems of religion. Hello? Listen, I know that you may not like what I'm preaching, but this is truly from the heart of God tonight. You've got to understand, you've got to evaluate your life and see what is a system of religion. I mean, come on, I can tell you what, we've, we've got Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches that have systems of religion just as much as other churches do. I can sit at my house and know if a church starts at 1030 by 1045, I can know what they're doing. By 11 o'clock, I can know what's going on. Offering's been taken and pastor's getting ready to speak. And I can tell you about 1155, people are starting to shift in their seats looking at their watches. Don't tell me we don't got a system involved in what we're doing. But we're not looking for a system. We're looking for a process. Say, I want a process. I want to process everything that's going on. I want it to get, I, I mean, look, if you can filter it through me, amen? If you can, if you can just receive it into your life and let it go through you. If you can look the test head on and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust you, God. Hello? You know what I, 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 I love about knowing the devil's tactics? <laughs> Once you learn them, they're so easy to figure out. Hello? See, God's got... Please listen to me. Devil, all he does is counterfeit. Look at what God is doing. And then look and see what the counterfeit is. That's it. That is it. He counterfeits. He will take what God uses and use the same system, but in his own plotted and twisted and evil ways. If God wants to bless you with a godly man or woman, if you're single in here. If God wants to bless you with that person, you better believe that the devil has a counterfeit. If not, you're walking into a bad place. Hello? He's doing his job. He's got a process for messing up your selection with the person that you're going to exchange vows with. Hello? We've got to begin to recognize the counterfeits of the devil. Amen? We look and we see scripture after scripture. And we, we, if we go back and we know hindsight's twenty twenty, we can see what the devil's up to. He's been systemizing and methodizing God so that men can feel religiously fulfilled. Hello? Come on. How many people do you know that are priesters? I go to church on Christmas and Easter. I know a lot of priesters. And they'll be the first one to say, well, you know, I ain't doing it, but I do go on Easter. You know, I'm, I'm, I make my kids go to that mass at midnight. And they feel like, okay, well, I did it. He systemizes and he methodizes. And, and he doesn't only do it to unbelievers, he does it to believers. Let's let the Holy Ghost 
bring processes through our lives tonight. When I think about processes, there's so many processes. If you think about it, birthing process, come on. If you don't know about the birthing process, please don't rent the video. birthing process. The birthing process is a long thing. And you know, when it comes down to the moments of birth, there's a lot of pain involved in the process, right? But even more so when it's almost over. And there, there, there are these people, they call them doctors, Right? And nurses and mama will be screaming out in pain. And they're not really so much concerned with her pain. They're more concerned with the baby that is being processed and birthed into this world. Hello? It's not like they don't care about the pain. It's like right now you're going to have to do this. And if they say, well, we need it, well, it's just too painful for the, for, for the mother, so we're just going to stop the birthing process, that baby will die. Joe just found out, praise God. The stork doesn't carry the baby and put him in the crib. If you believe that the stork does it, you're a dork. See, if I can spiritualize that today, you know, it's not that God's not concerned with the pain of the process that you're going through. But that he's more concerned in what the process is producing through you. That You could have shouted on that one, but you don't want to. I don't understand. Say this with me. Pain is a part of the process. Say it again. Pain is a part of the process. Say it and say it so that you know that the devil heard you say it. Pain is a part of the process. Amen. If you already man up or woman up and understand that it doesn't matter what God calls you to do, it's not going to be coming, it's not going to be like hot apple pie on a plate. Amen? It is going to have some pain. There is going to be some pressure in the process. Come on, somebody. When we talk, you know, we do this for me. If you can tonight, go home and read Jeremiah 18 and read about the potter. The first time I remember coming here, God gave us a prophetic word. You know, it was basically talking about being squeezed by the hands of the master, the potter, spinning on the potter's wheel. And you think about it, you and I, we are likened to the clay in that, in, in that story. And when you think about a pot and a potter, and you think about all the stuff that it takes, it takes hunking it out of the, of the ground. It takes it, pounding it out. It takes wetting it up. Come on. It takes certain instruments to shape it. It takes being spun around on this potter's wheel. Come on. 
it just it doesn't just happen. He don't just scoop it up out of the clay and go, bingo. Here's my pot. There's a process. It happens through a process. Amen. And that's where we're that's where we're at today. This is where we're going through. Amen. We're all going through all kinds of processes in our life. A hurting process, a healing process, a directing process, a redirecting process, a searching process, a planning process, a growing process, a harvesting process. A selection. Come on. Think of all the processes that we got going on. I mean, I can't. They're so stacked up on top of each other. You guys have got millions of processes going on. The process is not the purpose. It produces the purpose. Amen. It produces a man or a woman. If the pot doesn't get formed, shaped, wetted, pounded down and shaped again, spun around until it's dizzy and doesn't know which way is left or right. Job said, I go forward. You're not there. I go back. Remember we read Job 20. Who remembers what we read in Job 23 today? That's what he was saying. I'm confused, God. I'm trying to do something new. I'm going forward and I don't see you there. I'm going backwards to some of the stuff. When I remember how when I worshiped like this or I fasted like this or I gave like that, I remembered how you worked for me. I tried that again and you're not there either. I looked to the left where he does work. I went to the right, but I cannot find him. And then he makes the most trustworthy statement, I believe, in his whole life. But he knows the way that I take. He knows the road. Come on, somebody. He knows the path that I'm walking on. Amen. He knows the steps. And he said that the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He knows in 10 miles where I'm going to be. Even if I made zigzags and did everything else that I wasn't supposed to do. And I'm back on the road. Hello. He knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I'll come forth as gold. Proverbs 17. Go there quick. And then we'll go to Kings. Proverbs seventeen three. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the hearts. Some versions say uh, the crucible. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the hearts. Are you trying to become silver or gold? Because there's a value difference there. Are you trying to find out silver or gold from God? Come on. 
there's nothing wrong with silver. Don't get it wrong. It's just not as valuable as gold. (laughs) The refining pot or crucible for silver, the furnace for gold. Which one are you going after? Because there's a sizable difference between a pot and a furnace. Hello? Do you hear me? There is a sizable difference between a furnace and a pot. Hello? Silver put into a pot, heated up, tried in the fire, it becomes like a liquid, and what rises to the top of it, they ladle it off. And they keep doing it, heating it, cooling it, heating it, cooling it, until it becomes a pure silver. In gold, they don't put it in a pot. They have to put it in a furnace. Come on, somebody. Because the heat that it takes to heat up the gold to a point where they can get out the impurities in it. Because when they get gold down to a point, come on, do you want 10 karat gold? Do you want 14 karat gold? I'm looking for 8 karat gold. You said amen. Oh, don't say go. She said, I don't want to stay in the furnace too long. 24 karat gold is still a little bit pliable. It's not really stiff because it's got less alloy in it. It's been heated up and more has been taken out that is not gold in it. Hello? I mean, come on, if you know, the I mean, if you have a 14 karat gold and you have a 24 karat gold or ring or anything, just try to squeeze one of them. If you squeeze it, it'll just squeeze and it'll, it'll lose its shape quick. The other one, it's a little bit hard. Why? Because there's alloy in the, in the other gold. It's not as pure and refined as the 24 karat gold. What am I getting at? I'm telling you that how valuable is the thing that you want to know from God tonight? You want to get in a pot? You want to get in a furnace? How valuable is your change? How valuable is your transformation that you want to make? Are you really that frustrated or do you just want a little bit of it? Well, the good thing is it's not up to you. Because once you put yourself into it, it's up to God. Amen? You can pull yourself out at any time. And that's what we do. And then we look back and we go, God, you weren't here. You didn't do this for me. First Kings chapter First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Elijah is getting into a process. While his nation is stuck 
in a system. Okay, this is where I want to show you. The church should be in a process and the world is still in a system. It's like the matrix. Okay. And so Elijah is being told, what is he being told? He's told, God tells him that stand up and prophesy. And so he he goes and he says the prophecy, which causes a drought, a famine to come in the land. No water, no dew, no rain. Drought comes on the land. And then look at verse two. It says, then the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith. So Elijah obeys God, goes to the brook, and his words start to come to pass. The effects of what he's been praying for starts to come to pass. What he prophesied starts to happen. And guess what? He's not immune to it. He's affected by it. When you pray and when you believe God for something, you're not immune to the effects that are happening and the shifting that's happening within your family, within your church. Come on, somebody. In your relationships, when you're praying and you're saying, God, if this is the right person for me, show me. And the dude comes and you find out He's doing wrong. Then you don't want to you don't want to accept that. You're not immune to the process. If you're praying for God to reveal something to you, if you're praying, God, is this the place I'm supposed to be? And it starts to open up for you. Don't deny it. Amen. And Elijah goes and, and, and he holds fast to the word that God gave him. And he's sitting there by the brook. And look at verse 6. Then the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and meat and bread in the evening. And he drank from the brook. The drought is affecting the land, but God moves him into a place where he's being provided for. Amen? But then look at verse 7. And it came to pass, or it happened after a while, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Come on, somebody. Something's happened to his Happy Meals. (laughs) Amen? They ain't coming twice a day no more. They ain't even coming one time a day. I mean, he prophesied. He did what God told him to do. And now the effects are starting to hit the land. Then God says, don't worry about it. I got you hooked up. Come over here and start working this job. No, I got you hooked up. Stay where you're at. Your business is not going to be affected by the sins of the nation. And then all of a sudden, you were good for a while, but then after a while. Amen? What you had starts to dry up. The revelation you had starts to dry up. Come on, somebody. The faith you had starts to dry up. 
the drink that you've been taking from the river of God starts to dry up. And then you begin to question everything about, well, did God really tell me to pray like this? Did God really tell me to come to this church? Did God really tell me to plant that church in Wicker Park? I mean, come on. Well, you could have picked a better season, God, when people still wanted to give. I'm just, t- I'm just telling the truth. That's all I'm doing. That's what's so amusing because the devil wants to get a soul. You see, the devil has processes. If he wants you to doubt God, the process is confusion. He puts confusion within the midst of the thing that God told you about your family, about your marriage, about the person that you are going to marry. Hello? about the ministry that he promised you because he has a process in his purpose. I'm talking about the devil now. His purpose is to get you to doubt God. The same trick on Adam and Eve. Did God, did God say don't eat that? All these trees? Even this one? Come on now. He know. I bet God knows. I bet God knows when you eat this here, you're gonna be like him. The process of confusion unfolds in Adam's mind and Eve's mind, and that process leads them to fulfill a demonic purpose to doubt God. Hello. I mean, where, where, where have you been going strong and going long for the Lord? And then one little thing happens. Come on. I said it this morning. One word can just upset everything. Amen. My man said, can you get up to the front? Because it's easier for the evangelist to preach. And, you know, 99.9, we're okay with it. And, I lo- and, and, and listen, I, I was that guy. Amen. I don't mean to keep bringing it back, but this is just too true to say, you know, too much testosterone. You won't blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. I'm going to be a man. And I'm going to sit back here in the dark section. And if you're going to see me when I open my eyes and smile at you. What is that about? Because the purpose was to drag out everything that God wanted to do in his life and cut him off. Love him, pray for him, hope he gets another chance. But Justin, who's struggling for breath in Crossville, Tennessee, don't have another chance. He's, 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 he's measuring out every breath. His mama is measuring out every little breath. She pulls him underneath her every night and says, is this the last night I'm going to hold my son who's alive? See, when you live like you got a second chance, you'll use it every time. I ain't got a second chance. I don't have a second chance. 
That's why I live my life so recklessly for God. That's why I'll go to India and get boils. I had over hundred, I had thousands of boils break out all over my body in August. When I came back from India, all over me starting a, a Bible college. I don't got a second chance. One of my peers, days before I landed in the country, was arrested and blacklisted and can never go back to India because the government found out that he was preaching. When I ride a train and just happy-go-lucky, knowing God's called me to a place, and all of a sudden, when you step off the train, there are people running around and checking underneath compartments and making sure that there's nothing going to blow up on the train. Because they found two dudes that blew themselves up with 151 bombs and plans to blow up the same train that you've been riding on throughout India. I don't have a second chance. I stopped living for second chances a long time ago. If you live like you got a second chance, you'll use it every time. Is it, this is the only chance you got right here tonight to get into the process and say, I want to be refined as gold is refined in a fire. I want to become the person that he said I could. He, the one that he's looking at is not the one you're looking at in the mirror. One that he's looking at is the person that he's molding and shaping and pleading with. And Elijah is being affected by his own prophecies and his own prayers. But guess what? The process and the purpose is not always just about you. <laughs> Look on with me. First Kings seventeen eight. Then the word of the Lord came to him after he had prophesied, after things went wrong, after he had no more food, there was no more water. Then the, the word of the Lord came to him. Then when he ran out of everything that he could see, he knew where he was getting his water from every day. He was sitting right by it every day, the, the brook. I'm sure he probably even caught fish until they ran out of fish. And when he ran out of fish, the ravens came with the meat and the bread. And he watched that raven, and he'd look up in the morning, and that raven would come. It doesn't tell us how long, but it said after a while, so that means it was some time. It wasn't a day. Could have been months. Could have been years. The Bible said that, that, that no rain fell for three and a half years. Are you hearing me? Are you following? I'm telling you, this is so real. I told you that faith doesn't really, uh, it, it's not from this dimension. It's coming from a supernatural realm that you cannot see with your eyes. It's birthed in a place. Come on, somebody. Say this with me. The process is supernatural. It's in that realm that decisions have been made. It's in that realm that angels have been dispatched. It is in that realm where anointing has been released, where things have been broken open, read and decreed from the throne room of God. 
where the angels of God come and bow down and say, Father, they say, Lord, El Elyon, what is thy bidding? And he said, here, let me, let me give you this. It's valuable. It's precious. Well, what is it, Lord? It's just the right amount of anointing to help her, to help him fulfill the dream I put inside of them. Don't you spill an ounce. Don't you waste it. And that angel carefully gathers it and garners it and protects it and fights off demons and fights through principalities and powers. Come on, somebody. You feel them fighting for you, don't you? Praise God. You feel those angels fighting through to give you the message of God, to encourage you, to strengthen you. The process is supernatural. It starts in another realm and it imposes itself. It makes its way through to this dimension. The three, the three dimension, the, the, the third dimension, the dimension that you and I live in, this physical world. That's why a man with a blind eye can open without having surgery from some doctor that invented a technology. I'm not against any of that. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes from another realm and it imposes its will, God imposes his power. Come on, somebody. God told a man, Zechariah, you're going to have a baby. Zechariah didn't believe him, and God shut his mouth until that baby was born. Don't tell me that he can't control what's going on here. He's just looking for somebody to move through and move upon. And Elijah was that man, and here he is in that questioning and wondering. And God tells him, then the word of the Lord came, saying, arise, go to Zarephath. Say Zarephath. Say it again, Zarephath. Say it again, Zarephath. Now say, Brother Glenn, what's that mean? The word Zarephath. Means smelting or refining. Hello? What am I talking about? The word Zarephath means refining or the place and the process in which gold and silver and every precious metal is heated up to become what it's supposed to be. Amen. Dig it out of the earth. It's a chunk of dirt. Put it in a pot, heat it up till it liquefies, ladle off the top, all the impurities. And you look under there and you've got gold or you've got silver or you've got some kind of precious metal, titanium. Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Is that this place that God said, get out of here and you're, you don't have nothing else left here. Okay. Everything that I've given you, you spent it up. You were wise with it, but there ain't nothing left. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. And go to the refining place. Go there. And the thing about it is, it's not in Israel. It's in a whole other country. And he sends him to a woman who is caught in a false god system. Do you hear me? He didn't send her to the woman who was over there going, God, we're in a drought, Jesus. Oh, I believe in you so much. We gotta. He didn't even send her, Elijah. He sends her to a woman that worships false gods. Well, that messed with your theology. It messed with mine. Go to Zarephath, buddy. 
I like the way it sounds like Zara fat, but it ain't, it ain't nothing fat about what's going on, amen? It ain't got nothing to eat. Arise and go to Seraphat, which belongs to Sidon, and live there. See, I have commanded a woman, a widow, there to provide for you. <laughs> oh, man, this is great news, God. You know, I know she's not a believer, but um, it'd be nice. Thank you for taking care of me. So he goes there, verse 10, and he rose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called after her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Come on, first off, it's a famine. There ain't much water around here, amen? Secondly, it's a widow woman. It's an unbeliever and a false god stuck in a religious system. Elijah's in a what? Process. And his process is about to bump up into somebody who's stuck in a religious system. This this is what I'm telling you, folks. This is where the church is supposed to be. Amen? You're supposed to be bumping into people who are stuck in systems. If that's a Christian system and it ain't really a relationship with God, you need to be bumping up into them. Amen? If it's a false God system or a no God system, you need to be bumping up into them. Amen? Give me some water. Uh, yeah, I know. Don't worry about the famine now. I'm thinking, he's thinking, God, there's going to be a miracle. When she goes down there, there's going to be some water. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, no, wait a minute. I'm thirsty, but man, I'm hungry. And please bring me a piece of bread. Verse 12. I'll read it from the screen. Can you do that? And surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil uh, and a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make my meal for myself and my son so that we may die. Hello? She's give up. Her system didn't work for her. Come on. <laughs> Do you know how many people around you that don't know about the process that have given up on their system? You're just afraid of admitting it because the rest of the people that are in the system, they're going to look at them and, and well, 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 what's wrong with you? That's where people are. They've given up on their systems. People have given up on Christianity. Why? I said it this morning. God says, here's my name. And we attach ourselves to his name. And then we go out and do all kind of vile, filth, and evil the Jews hated Christians in Germany because Hitler said he was a Christian. We know he wasn't. He goes to the widow's home and says, come on, give me something to eat. She went away, did according to the word that Elijah said. Verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Do you hear me? She, in a religious system, was affected by the famine. He, in a process, was affected by the famine. 
God told him to get up from where he was and go on the other side of Israel. Find a woman who was not a believer and go and stay at her house. And he was going to provide for him through that woman. Come on. If that don't test your faith, I don't know what will. You got to imagine this is a mountain man, Elijah. Now he's already had to come out of the mountains and and and, and, and prophesy to kings and and get trying to get the whole country back to where they're back to a process and serving God. And now God's saying, now look, I've had you hide. Now look, you prophesied, I, it came to happen, and now I'm going to take you to a place where a person who doesn't even serve me is going to be blessed because you kept my word. Do you know your job can stay open because you keep God's word? Amen. That the people around you can keep their marriage because you keep God's word. I remember being on my job and God gave me the wisdom to repair marriages because people were in at odds with one another. They come up to my little trailer where I unloaded and sweated for a living and they came back there and they got the counsel of the Lord. From an ex dope dealer who sold drugs in a schoolyard at age 13. That don't even make sense. I don't. But something in another realm <laughs> that was supernatural descended into this realm and put me in a process that is supernatural. And the wisdom of ages was spilling off my tongue to repair marriages for people in that company. Your faithfulness to God matters. It affects people. It affects your neighborhood. It affects your family. It affects your household. It affects your church. First Kings 18.1. Watch me. We're still on the process. I promise I'm not going to read the whole story of Elijah and preach it tonight. I know y'all are nervous. 1 Kings 18.1. Watch this. And it came to pass after many days. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Elijah, look, it's time that things change around here. You prophesied one thing, and now I'm going to tell you it's time to change that. I'm giving you permission. When you go to Ahab, that wicked king who's been searching to kill your life for the last three and a half years because of your words and your prayers, I want you to go and stand before him, and I'm going to make it rain. I mean, that's God's word right there, right? He's the man of God. He knows how to hear from God. He knows what God said. First Kings 18, 19. Look at this. They've got this big thing going down on top of the mountain. He shows himself up there and he says, get all your prophets together. Verse 19, now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Ashtaroth who eat at Jezebel's table. They get into this showdown and 
He gets over there, and they end up battling it out. They make this whole thing go, and they said, the God whose fire gets on the sacrifice, that's the one who's the real God. Right? Elijah's got the word from God. He goes there. He says, let's get this thing going on. You guys go first. They go all day and night, cut themselves, and he's making fun of them on all this stuff. And then it's his turn. And he said, look, this ain't enough for me just to call fire down from it. Look, do this right here. Dig some trenches out, put some water on this thing, fill it all up, and watch what happens. Follow me now. This is important. In the King James Bible, if you count out the words, it's 63. Elijah prays a 63-word prayer, and fire falls from heaven. (laughs) Hello? 63-word prayer and fire falls from heaven and consumes up the sacrifice. Everybody's cheering him on. You're the man. You're the man. You're right. You're God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That's our God. Not this, these guys' gods. And they go and they, they, you know, butcher those guys and take care of them. But that, one, that wasn't the end of it. Well, I mean, didn't God, did God say, you know, uh, you know, go stand before Ahab and I'll make fire come out to heaven? No, that was part of the process. It's part of the thing. He's, he, you know, the real thing is get these, jo- these jokers out of the way, and now the people can get out of their system. Amen? Get out of their false prophets that are preaching lies to them. Amen? Because one man said, I ain't got a second chance at this. If I show myself to Ahab, I'm as good as dead if something don't happen. Amen? I've been hiding for three and a half years, God. I was ducking out by a river, and I had to get out of the country. Had to go to a widow woman. And you know they was talking mess about me over there. And now you told me to go show myself to Ahab. Something's got to happen. Otherwise, I'm done. And fire falls. And now it's made way for people to get out of the system of the false gods and the things that they were doing and get in back right relationship with God, doesn't it? Doesn't doesn't that look awesome? And God said, you know what? Y'all are ready. You've come back to me, and I'm about to bless the land. Amen? Here is the process. Say the process. Go to verse 43. I'll read it it in, in, in a second, but this is basically what happened. It goes up to Mount Carmel. And he starts praying. He's got a servant with him. And he tells his servant, go and look toward the sea after he was praying. And he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing there. He went seven times. Tell me that won't mess you up. I prayed 63 words a minute ago and fire came out to heaven. God told me that he's going to cause the rain that I need to to prophesy and pray and he's going to make it happen. And here I am. I prayed the first time and nothing happened. Hello? Think about that. He just prayed a prayer. Fire came down. These guys are just totally obliterated. The false gods are done in Israel. And now everybody's back to serving God. And he said, okay, finally, I'm going up to Mount Carmel. I'm going to get in a place of prayer. And he bends down. He covers his eyes. He, he gets into a posture of prayer and begins to pray. And he says, go and look to, to, the, to the sea and tell me what you see. 
prophet goes, and it's a journey. And he comes back, and Elijah's there praying the whole time. And when he comes back, he says, I didn't see nothing. Go again. He gets back down praying. Again, he's prophesying and praying to God. You told me it was going to rain. You told me to go show myself to Ahab. I did that. Come on, somebody. He wanted to show Elijah that God is not a system. You can't just push my button and make me do something, Elijah. You've got to compel me. You've got to beseech me. You've got to implore me. You've got to rip open that dimension and bring in that faith. Bring in that anointing. Bring in that curse-breaking power of God. Six times he prays. Nothing happens. He, I mean, come on. It was messing with his pride. I prayed 63 words in the fire fog. I can't get no rain up in this thing. Seven time praise. And seven time the servant reports back and says a cloud as small as a man's hand rises from the sea. And Elijah thinks back. When I need something to eat in Zarephath, all that woman had was a handful of flour. And we lived off that for years because of the miracle that God did through it. That's all he needs to know. The cloud about the size of a person's hand. I mean, do you have to have some big sign for you to understand that God's about to do something in this place tonight? Could you just get a little twinkle? And go, okay, I got you, God. Could you just believe a little bit? Could you realize that you can't systemize him? You can't. See, he, he, God was saying, you, Elijah, you can't methodize me. You can't put me down into a 63-word formula. Come on, formulated prayers. I'm going to pray like this. I'm going to tithe like this. I'm going to fast like this. I'm going to do like this. And God's going to do what he's going to do because that's the way he does. That's what the religious system has done to the, to, to the Christian. That's why when you're in the process, God shows you step by step what to do. And it's different sometimes every single time. Amen? Come on and stand on your feet right now. I want the band to get back up there. Just think about the process. Just think about the process. Think about it for a minute. Close your eyes. Think about the process that it took for you to get to where you are right here, right now. Go back as short a time as you want or as long a time as you want. It took one step at a time to get here. You didn't wake up out of your bed this morning and just poop in here. I meant pop. 
I meant poof. <laughs> poof and pop together, just forget it. It just wasn't something that happened. It's something that you volitionally, that you soberly, that you made a decision to say, I'm coming here. And whether or not you packed everything, I forgot my toothbrush. Uh, yeah, I'm serious. See, because we think, oh, we need all this stuff to get to do everything, you know. And listen, I'm going to pray for you. I got breath mints. We're going to be all right. <laughs> and I found a store on the way that God, through Pastor Joe, pointed out has toothbrushes. Amen? So I'm good. I'm legit. What I'm saying is sometimes we forget things while we're going on our journey and we think we got to go all the way back to go and get it. You don't have to go all the way back sometimes. Amen? Amen. Sometimes it's enough to remember and say, okay. When you remember something, some things in your life, you're thinking back and saying, man, I don't ever want to go back there. But guess what? You got there by a process. You can backslide by a process. Amen? doesn't genuinely happen overnight. It's an erosion of your character. It's an erosion of your relationship with God. And little by little, you start giving up things that you were fighting for because you think it's too hard. Journey's too long. This is why people don't commit to the process. It's a high price to pay the sacrifice. It's too painful. It takes too long. I've got to climb too high. But nonetheless, it's a process. It's a process to fall into sin. It's a process to continue into sin. It's a process to get a young man into a prison cell. Hello? They don't just slap the cuffs on him and then throw him in the jail. They have a process to do it. The due process of law. And Satan knows the law. And Satan knows that if he can get you to sin up and give up and mess up to the point where he can process you into a prison, then he's got you bound. It's a process to get out of prison. You know, they don't just go your cell and say, well, you look good today. You shaved and, you know, your toilet's washed. Now you can get out of jail. It's a process. Hello? You hear me? Papers got to be exchanged. Requirements got to be fulfilled. See, I'm getting somewhere. Amen? Something has got to be exchanged in here tonight. You got to empty yourself of what you think is important and valuable and begin to rethink everything. Rethink everything. There are times when I thought I have a really great relationship with my wife and then I hear some things that she says and I notice some things and I realize I'm committed to this process, but I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. And when I recognize that, I've got a choice to make. I can sit on that couch and keep flipping channels or stay off in my office and study do a really good thing because I'm doing it for Jesus. And all the while, my wife is over there hurting, wondering, hey, can I get some love out of you, man? 
See, we're so selfish, we're caught up in what we're doing that we forget the process is about bumping into other people and affecting them and saying, come on with me in the process. Margaret, you're in this process, right? I'm glad you're in this process with me. We're not doing this by, I'm not doing this by myself and neither are you. You understand what I'm saying? You're not in this alone. That's why I said this place is as safe as you want to make it tonight. They can, we can all be strangers. We can all be friends. Or we can all be family. This is a process, and we're all going together. I want everybody to go through this process this weekend. But ultimately, I, have, I only can decide how far I can go. I can't decide how far you can go. Amen? But I can tell you something. My choice in going as far as I can can affect your choice, Juan. You remember when I met you, brother? You remember that? Yes. You remember that? You've come a long way, young man. You're still in the process, though. Hold fast. God brought a beautiful woman into your life. A woman who's serving God. You couldn't have prayed for a better woman. You've got to lead your family like a warrior. You've got to battle them thoughts that go on in your head. You hear me? You're going to get, you're going to get committed back to some processes that you've given up on in your life tonight. Isn't that right? You felt this since you came in here. I'm so proud of you. I know what God's going to do in your life, and I want you to move forward in the process. Amen? Because not only does she deserve it, you deserve it. Because you're God's son, and he loves you. And he doesn't see you as some dysfunctional little punk kid that your family looks sometimes at you. It wants to ship you off and get rid of you. He don't look at you like that, friend. Brother, he does not look at you like that. He sees a person that he can use and utilize. He sees a man that he's shaping. Don't cower. Don't back up. Don't be a boy. Be a man in this moment. Rise up to this challenge, brother. I'm telling you, you've come a long way since the first day I met you. I'm so proud of you. Don't stop. You're in a process. You're in a process. Jared, stand right here, buddy. Don't get nervous in the service, brother. Just lift your hands, man. Thank you for your commitment, brother. Thank you for your hard work and your commitment. And I believe that there's some systems in your life that you're tired of. And just like all those other things that are in the process, that are, that, that are being processed through you, those systems have got to get engaged into the, to the process points. Are you receiving that? You know what I'm talking about? Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, thank you. 
thank you for absolving the system, God, dissolving it, God, and letting the process take over. Let the processes of God rule over him. Let the processes of God rule over him. Let the processes of God begin to rule over him right now. Just, just disconnect him. Just discon- unplug it. Come on. Reading that Bible is a process, <laughs> not a system. I and mean, that's where the prophetic is going to roll in your life, brother. Come on. You want the prophetic? Here's how it rolls. Stop systemizing the Bible. Stop categorizing it. Stop. I'm not saying don't be theological. I'm just saying let it be a process. To covet the best gifts earnestly. <laughs> I would that you would prophesy. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this weekend, rethink everything through the revelation God's given you. Rethink it. Rethink it. Rethink your, your, your relationship in your marriage and how you approach being the, the husband of your home, the husband to your wife. Rethink it. Look, you're a rookie at this thing. So just take some of that pressure off of you. It's not a performance thing. It's a process thing. God's going to give your family the grace to do the ministry he's called you to do, brother. You're not earning his love. You're not earning any gifts. You've got to get in the process. Because the stuff that's going to rise up to the surface has got to get ladled off. Once that gets out of the way, the freedom and the flowing of the Holy Ghost is really going to come out of your life, brother. You need this moment, brother. You need this moment, brother. Girding your loins with truth, man. Keep girding your loins with truth. That's it. Keep centering yourself on the truth. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter the numbers. Doesn't matter the response. Just keep centering yourself on the truth. You're called of God. There's pain in the process. There's a high price to pay. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it. When everybody in here lift your hands. Come on, have your moment with God. Have your moment with God. Come on and have your moment with God. Have your moment with God. Come on, have your moment. Commit to the process right now. Pain is not the purpose, pain is in the process. Hurt is not the purpose. God is not trying to hurt anybody. But in the process, there will be hurts. There will be rejections. Jesus, though he was a son, learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He had a process. He paid a high price of sacrifice with his life. There was pain in the process. 
It hurt when Jesus' friends rejected him. It hurt when Peter, the only man of the group of boys that stood with him, he, he, he renounced him. He turned his back on him three times in his most needed moment. The man who he gave all the money to and trusted with his power and his reputation, his fame and his glory kissed him on the cheek and betrayed him for 30 chunks of silver. But that's not the purpose, that's the process. Come on, look at your life and look at the things you're going through and remind yourself, this is not the purpose. I'm made for more than this. I'm made for more than this. And there's definitely something in me that can make it through this moment I'm facing. Can make the right decision right here, right now. You don't need another thing. You just need to make up your mind. You need to make up your mind. Don't go back to last year. Don't go back to 10 years ago. You just need to make up your mind right here, right now. If you've been wandering, if you have been in that backslidden process, you don't have to be backslidden to the point where everybody knows it. You can be backslidden just a little bit, just enough for the devil to know he's got you. That's what he's got you in the process. And his purpose is to destroy your destiny. If he's got just a little bit in that process, it's time tonight to say no. I refuse to involve myself in this process any longer. If you're holding resentment against people, if you're bitter against people, don't play into his hands. Bitterness is a process. The purpose is to cut you off from the best that God has for your life. Because you can never receive from God His best when you hold something against someone else. What did Jesus teach? Forgive others that I may forgive you. He didn't say, hey, look, this is going to be easy now. Look, you just forgive. He didn't say that. But he did say, with spit dripping down his face, nails in his hands. He did say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus is the standard, and I can't lower it. It's not my, it's not my call. I don't have an option here. I can't lower it down for you. Jesus is the standard for your life and for my life. And if I don't put the standard before you tonight, I'm doing God a disservice. I'm lying to you. Jesus is the standard. You can't have it less than he had it. But I tell you what, he said, these things and greater shall you do in my name. How are you going to do them? When you keep the standard. When you attach yourself to the name, to the reputation, to the glory. When you tear open and you say, God, rend the heavens and come down. And you tear open your heart and not your garment. And you say, here I am, Lord. 
I told you there's going to be blood on the altar. There's going to be blood on the floor. In the refining process, the fire heats up the gold. And the gold gets burned. But being burnt is not the purpose. It's the process. And some of you feel like you've been burned. Some of you feel like you've been seared. And I can look and I hear the Lord saying, there's some seared consciences. Where you have said, you know what, I tried to serve him. But I messed up. And then the devil put you in a process. Of questioning. Are you really are you really ever going to be able to serve God? And that's his process. Of questioning God. Because his purpose is condemnation. You're bound by your own self. You look at yourself in the mirror and you beat yourself up worse than the devil ever beat you up. Friend, God's not going to sweep it underneath the rug. He's going to wash it. He's going to inspect it. He's not a butcher. He's a surgeon. He's not going to hack it off of you. He's going to skillfully cut it off. Cut out whatever's cancerous, whatever's tumorous, whatever's affecting you. He's going to cut it away from you. And then he's not going to leave you bleeding wide open on the table that he's operating you on so that you can just die on the operating table. He's going to stitch you back up. He's going to dress your wounds. He's going to help you to recuperate. Hello? That's the God we serve. He's never given up on you yet. You believe tonight is your moment with God? If you do, this is the time right now. This is the time right now to begin to step out and say, okay, this is my moment with God. This is the time. God, you're going to fill me up. You're going to fill me up. You're going to fill me up. We're going to start singing that song, Fill Me Up, God. You provide the fire. Come on. I provide the what? Come on, get ready. You were made for this moment. Come on, close your eyes, lift your hearts, lift your hands.
This is more than words. This is more than words. This is a plea. Listen, if you're in a place where you have recognized that there's a process in my life that is trying to get me to backslide, trying to get me to go back on my words and my promises, or maybe you've already not only been in the process, but you're, you, you know you're there. And you say, I don't want to wander anymore. I want to come home tonight. I really want to commit my life back to the Lord. And I'm not ashamed to say I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm not going to talk about tomorrow or yesterday. I'm going to talk about this moment right here, right now. I can't do anything but promise God this moment right here, right now. If that's you, I want you to quickly slip out your seat and come here. Come here quickly. You say, I've been backsliding. I want to quit. I've been wanting to give up, but I don't want to give up. This There's something that's happening in my life. Come on, if that's you, you come quickly. I'm telling you, there's an anointing. Come on, lift your hands when you get up here. Don't go down on your knees. Just lift your hands. If that's you, come on. I want to see you up here. You say, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that process. I'm done with it. I'm done with that process. I'm not going backwards. I'm going forward tonight. I'm not only going forward. I'm going to recover what was stolen from me. I'm going to recover my father's blessing. Do you hear me? I'm going to recover my father's blessing on my life. Come on, if that's you, don't wrestle with it anymore. Get up here right now. As you lift your hands, I want you to say, God, mark me. Mark me with your covenant right now. Put your seal upon me, Lord. Mark me right now. 
Mark me as your own special pot. As a potter, marks the clay. Mark me, God. Put your design, put your imprint on my life. The people, that my family, that the devil knows I belong to my Father. Come on, you're up here and that's why you're here. You say, Lord, mark me. Tell him. With your eyes closed, your heart wide open, tell him. Say, Lord, mark me. Mark me. Leave an imprint on me. Deep. Calls unto deep. Mark me, God. Mark me, God. Mark me, God. Put your handprints all over me, God. Squeeze me right now. Squeeze my heart. Make it pliable in your hands once again, Potter. Begin to mold me. Come on. If you've got tears, it's okay. Let them fall down your face. Don't worry about what you look like or what's going on. Don't even think about it. Your father is pleased. Just let them fall. Let them wet your, pa your pants. Let them wet your feet. Let it wet the floor. Let it wet your cheeks. It's a prophetic sign that God is making you wet so that you can be no longer hard, but moldable, shapeable. Let the tears flow. Don't you resist it. If that's you, don't resist it. Now, I'm not telling anybody to cry. Just let God do what He wants to do. Don't refuse Him. Whatever He says, do it. You'll be grateful. You'll be thankful for this moment. You don't got a second chance. This is the moment. You got it right here, right now. This is it. This is the moment you were waiting for. Let Him touch you. Let Him fill you up to overflowing. Come on, dwell on Him. Dwell in Him. Be loosed in this place to live for Him. Be loosed and not ashamed. Let determination fill your mouth, fill your heart. Let determination to serve a God who died for you, who resurrected for you. from your core the deepest part of you sing that
Keep your your eyes closed, your heart wide open to God. Keep your eyes closed, your heart wide open to God. And listen to me. If you came up here and you said, I want to get out of this process. I want to get out of this, this, this cycle of the devil. The lies and all the things. I want to get out of it tonight. And you're lifting your hands up and you're saying, that's me. Come on, if that's you, lift them up high. I want to know who I'm praying for. You say, I'm, I'm, at, I'm getting out of the cycle tonight. This is it. This is my one chance right here, right now, and I'm taking it. This ain't a gamble. This is an investment in eternity right here, right now. This is a sure thing right here. This is a sure thing, and that's what I'm doing. I'm putting my trust in the one person that will never leave me. I'm putting my trust in the person that will never let me down. And I just got a word of knowledge. And here's the, here's the lie the devil tells you when you make that mistake. You just let God down. You just let God down. And then you go and you beat yourself up in a room. In your bed, you lay down and you beat yourself up after you made those mistakes. And you say, I let God down. You got it all wrong and twisted. You ain't holding God up. He's too big for you to hold him up. You could never let him down. You could never let him down. He's not depending on whether you sin or you don't sin. He's righteous, holy, and true. That's where your mistake is. You can't, ha you can't think that he's depending on you like that. You've got to depend totally on him like that. You got to flip the script on the way you're thinking about him. You got to stop thinking about all the mistakes you're Look, friend, you are going to make a hundred more mistakes in your life. Probably a thousand more. We're not happy about that. I'm not telling anybody to go out and mess up. But what I'm saying to you is don't get trapped up when you mess up. Peter messed up and God restored him. Judas messed up. And he hung himself. Are you going to stick around long enough to let God restore you or not? You don't think that suicide crossed Peter's mind that night? Or several nights afterwards? If suicide has crossed your mind and you're standing up here and you say, I don't want to have these thoughts trying to trap me. And I got the guts to say, I want prayer tonight because I want to be delivered of it. Just look up at me and wave to me and make sure I see who I'm going to pray for. Praise God. We're not looking around to see who's doing it. I want to see if you, if you have... If you're tired of wrestling with those suicidal thoughts, and that's you, just let me see your hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. If you can, and I'm going to ask you, make your way right here to this front little area right here. If it's you, just step right up there. 
If it's not you, could you just take a step back so I can know who I'm praying for? And we're going to get into this thing. We got, I don't want you to get disengaged because we're dealing with what God says. And, and the process is like this. If you're going to pray for somebody else to get through their process, guess what? It's reciprocated. That means that it's multiplied back. It's returned back to you. Look, the man holding this microphone has battled in his lifetime the spirit of suicide. And I overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And I'm living today. And I'm not tormented in the night hours any longer. I know what you're facing. I know that feeling. I know when you get all by yourself how it just haunts you. I know those thoughts of wanting to give away things because you think this might be it. Friend, it's a devil's lie. God did not put you in the process so you could kill yourself. The devil is the one whose purpose is to kill you. His purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the process of the suicidal thoughts and the, this lack of worth i told you today rejection was a part of my daily life in the crowd nobody had an idea but when i was by myself i wrestled the same thing that you wrestle lift your hands if that's why you came forward right now just lift them up and as you lift them up, I want you to surrender. Surrender every suicidal thought. Surrender every time that you've ever contemplated that, that you plotted it or that you planned it out. Surrender every moment of your life where you wanted to give up and you said, this is the best way out. Surrender that right now. And confess this with me. Say, Lord God, that is wrong. That's not right thinking. That's not from you. You confess that right now. You, just be, you begin to say, okay, I'm, I'm just admitting those were wrong thoughts. That was not the process of God. God would never talk to me like that. God would never demean me and put me down like that. That was my thoughts. Those were the devil's lies. Well, you've got to acknowledge it to get out of it first. If you don't acknowledge it, you're going to go back, sit back down, and then three months later, you're gonna it's going to come right on you again. Acknowledge those thoughts are ungodly. Acknowledge that that is not pleasing to God. Now I want you to acknowledge this, that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any more than He already does. You matter to Him. You matter so much that He laid down His life. You matter that much to God. Your life is so valuable to Him that He spilled His blood for your life. He was tormented 
by his accusers. He was tormented by their taunts so that you don't have to be any longer. You understand that? He was tormented. He was put in that position that you felt. He was rejected like no other man was rejected. This is a real moment. This is really happening to you. You really came forward. You really admitted where you are right now. No one could ever take that away from you. You got the guts to stand up here and say, I'm done with it. But what good is it to come all the way to the door and the entry point and not go in? You made the decision to come up here, to stand up here and say, I'm wrestling with this thing and I'm ready to overcome it. And now I'm making a decision to move on with my life where suicide and suicidal thoughts and depression is no longer a part of who I am. See, you have so meshed yourself with that kind of a thought life. And God's saying, no, that is not you. That is not what I created you for. You're not built to carry suicidal guilt all over your life. God didn't make your mind to be able to function that, that way. If you let those thoughts take power over you, if you let those words have power over you, they will destroy you. But if you go back to who you are and who God calls you, you take authority right now over every filthy thought. You take authority over every lying devil. You take authority over every thought of death. Who, who, who was it that was going to lay down in front of a train? Raise your hand now. You said you're going to lay down in front of a train. You saw how that was just planted in your head and how, how the devil just weaved that into your mind. And see, that's what, the, that's what God wants you to understand tonight. He's giving you discernment, brother, to know that that's not the way to think. Have I ever met you before? Have you ever seen me in your life? Do you believe that a God that lives in heaven can live inside of you and inside of me? And that he can tell me something like that? I've never met you before, but I knew that. So if I could know that about your life, how much more? Can you just trust God tonight, brother? Can you trust him tonight? Can you just break before him and say, Lord, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my life. Father, right now, be loose now. Be loose now. Every wicked harassment and terror. Every wicked harassment and terrorization of the devil. Be loosed off of him right now in Jesus' name. I command you to be free. I command you to receive tonight. The freedom that belongs to you right now, right now, infilling, infilling, 
Faith arise. Yeah, come on. It's okay to smile because that's the glory on your face. It's okay because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm telling you, that was full freedom, joy on them. Now, every one of you, lift your hands that's standing up here for that right now. Everyone who's not standing, pray for them right now. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm free. Say, Lord, I'm free. Confess it. Say, Lord, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood over every thought. I plead the blood over every mistake. I plead the blood over every lying process and filthy work of the devil. In Jesus' name, I give him control. I give God control of my mind and my thoughts right now in Jesus' name. I belong to God. I matter to God. I'm valuable to Him. My life is precious. In His eyes, I am lovely. I'm worthy by the blood. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm just tired of the devil messing with you. I am so tired of it. Come on. He's just tried to disrupt you the whole day, hadn't he? He's just tried to plague your mind the whole day, but not uh not now, not now, not now, not now. In Jesus' name, be loosed. In Jesus' name, this is it right here. This is the moment right here. This is the time. This is it right here. Come on, lift your hands and so I surrender everything. I surrender everything, every part of me, everything I want, everything I ever wanted, everything that anybody ever said about me, everything, everything. I'm not going to let anybody define me, just God. God alone. He's, he's my father. He's my God. He's my big brother. He's looking out for me. He's with me in times of trouble. He's with me in times of peace. He's with me when the whole world is against me. He's with me. He's with me when I'm by myself. He's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Come on, say it. Say, He's with me. Every day I live, He is with me. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He's got control. He rescues me from myself. He rescues me from every lie. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to receive it. Keep your eyes closed. Now this, the, 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 the fire. Just let the fire come on you. Like I talked about. Yeah, there's some, there's some gold inside of you, God says. Come on. There's some fire that's got to get in you, though. Shh. There's some fire that's got to... Come on, say, I want the fire in my life. Come on, say it again. I want the fire in my life. Come on, say it again. I want the fire in my life. I want the fire in my life. In Jesus' name, I'll never go back. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Don't stop having this moment. Don't stop having this moment. It's more than a man. It's more than somebody praying for you. It's you and him. It's you and him. It's you and him. It's you and him. 
It's you and him right now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, every harassment of the devil. I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. Your lies will no longer hold this woman. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke every witchcraft that was spoken into your ears in Jesus name leko sandarika say idaba shendo sandarika sa in the name of Jesus right now i command every devil that is coming madeshonda setela minana to harass you mantikusa to bind you in Jesus name i command them to be loosed right now Right now, I speak peace to your mind. I speak peace to your trouble. Come on. Mando sin de recosa, le corita de sonda. Be loosed! Be loosed now! In that every perversion of a God in Jesus' name. Shindorica sandare. Yeah, right now, devil, I see you. Every perversion of God in Jesus' name. Manda singorita sa in Jesus name in Jesus name indarita sanda di cosa in Jesus name in Jesus name mando sinderica se in Jesus name Just like the worm trying to root itself down deep in you. Man, you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive. Not for their sake, but for your sake. Not for their sake. The way to be free, I'm telling you, the way to be free tonight. God didn't bring you all the way over here just to
help me right now. I don't know how to do it, but I believe right now you're going to help me. You're going to give me the strength. It's going to be more than words. I'm going to forgive because this bitterness is not your purpose in my life. You made me to be your daughter, to live your on everybody lift your hands you say you're coming back to you I'm coming back to you God I'm coming back to you God if that's you come on and come back to him step it up step it up come on step up and say I'm coming back to you God I'm coming back to you God I'm coming back Come on, say, Lord, forgive me. I'm coming back to you right now. You got my heart tonight, God. You snatched it right out the fire, God. Say you snatched it out the fire, God. And now you're putting it into the holy fire. The holy fire. The holy fire. Come on, right now. Come on, just break right here, right now. Break right here, right now. Break right here, right now. Break off in Jesus' name. 
Come on, be desperate for Him. I'm telling you right now, more desperate than you've ever been in your whole life. Right here, right now. I'm desperate for God to do something, to change me, to transform me. I can't continue to think this way. I can't continue to act this way. I can't continue to live this way. I'm living for you, God, 100%. So empower me right now to be your daughter. Empower me to live without going back, to live for you, God. I don't care what people said about me. I don't care what people think about me. I just care about what you say about me. I just care about what you think about me, God. Right now, tell me about myself, Lord. Close your eyes. Oh, yeah, that's it right there. No, don't stop. That's the Holy Ghost being filled right there. Don't stop praying right there. Let it come out of your mouth. Let it come out of your mouth. That's a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. That's it right there. Come on, filled up. Fill me up, God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying louder. Don't stop praying. That's the Holy Ghost. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. You don't got to understand it. You don't have to explain it. Come on, just go after it. Just go after him. Don't stop talking. Don't stop speaking that. That's a holy language. That's fire in your mouth. Fill me with your fire, God. In my heart, in my mouth. Fill me with your fire. Every one of you that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit right now, say, fill me up, God. Fill me up, God, right now. Mando You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Lift your hands. Say, fill me up, God. Jesus, Jesus, don't stop praying. Don't you stop praying. God's still working through you. Yeah, come on. Woo! Get freed up. Get filled up. Now, now, now. Be filled. 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 Come on, Tina. Come on, this is your moment right here. Come on. Fill me up, God. Come on, call on him. He'll do it. He'll do it. Everyone, don't you stop singing it. Don't you stop. Be desperate. Be thirsty. Be hungry. Fresh, fresh, fresh. More, 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 more. Yes. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Woo! 
something here. Open the heaven here. Do it, do it, do it. Fuego, hallelujah. Fire, fire, fire. Woo. Oh, my Lord. More, 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 more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. If you get the, if you get a language, don't you stop speaking in that tongue. Don't stop praying for him. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Don't you stop. Come on, more. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. It's about finding Him. It's about finding Him right here, right now. Find Him. Find Him right here in this moment. Find Him. He's all over you. He's all over you. He he believes in you. He believes He can trust you again. Come on, isn't that what you want? You want Him to trust you, right? Because you got to trust Him first, God said. Do you trust Him? Come on and trust Him right now. It's not about where you live. It's not about what you wear. It's about who you're trusting right now in this moment. It's not about all the mistakes you made. It's not about how everybody's counted you out and turned their backs on you. It's not about all the third and 15 chances. It's all about this right here, right now. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him enough right now for the rest of your life? Is this enough right here, right now to say, yes, I trust you? That's it right there, brother. I'm telling you, I believe with you. I believe this is the moment you were looking for. This is it here. This is it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restoration, 100%. Body. Restoration 100% mind, restoration 100% soul, restoration 100% spirit, hallelujah. The will of God being restored to your life, the will of God. I want it back, God. I want the will of God back in my life. I want the will of God to drive me. I want the will of God to compel me. I want the will of God to propel me, to make me to go like a rocket ship, blasting off. That's it, brother. Don't you stop praying. Don't you stop. Because this is your moment. This is it right here. Now. Vision. Vision. See yourself in a higher place. Come on, see yourself in a higher place. Get above the clouds, saith the Lord to you right now. Get above the clouds, says the Lord to you right now. Come on, you feel that peace that's making you to float up above the clouds? That's His glory. That's Him lifting you up, snatching you up for a moment. Stay in this place. Don't you move. Just breathe it in. Soak it in. Take it in. Let your cares and your worries just fall to the wayside now. Come on. Father, I just renew this this warring tongue that you just spoke in, brother. I'm telling you right now, you just plowed some land, man. That's what I saw. I saw you like, you, you, you got your hand on this plow. Once you started just warring in those tongues, I saw land being plowed and broken wide open. I seen fallow ground that was just 
just hardened over, that was just broken up. Just broken up. It's like as you began to prophesy, as you began to war with that tongue, it was like you were you were the oxen and you had this yoke around you and you were just furiously driving a plow. Come on, you see that, man? I'm telling you. You were just driving a plow into new ground. And you know what? God said there's going to be seed to go into the ground that you plow up. I'll say it this way. There's going to be seed and there's going to be, there's going to be thoughts. There's going to be words. There's going to be actions. There's going to be resources. And you've got to put it in the land. You've got to put the investment in the ground. Okay? You can't just hold it. You can't hold on to it. Come on. All, a lot of good ideas you've had over the years. And you go back looking in that bag and you look and you go, what is going on? What is going on? I, I was storing up the seed, the planet. And God said, now is the time not to hold on to the seed, the thoughts, the words, the actions, the resources, the deeds. But now is the time to plant. Come on, I'm telling you, brother. I can't make it any more plain. That's just exactly as I'm hearing it from heaven for you, bro. I saw you plowing, and I saw that yoke like a furious oxen just right around your neck, and it was just breaking open new ground. I bless you, man. I bless you with tenacity. I bless you. You bless me, man, but I bless you back. And I say, you're going to do it. You're not going to wait. When the idea gets in your head, you're not going to wait. You're going to wait for another moon to align and a star to align. You know that now is the time. Bless you, man. Bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. I'm, I'm expecting great things because I know what God's see, what God's potential is. Come on, Lord, let it make sense now. Let the word try him like it tried Joseph. Jesus. This is the presence of God invading from another dimension into you, invading you, invading your space. Come on. He's pushing out processes that don't belong in you. Come on. That's what you wanted all along anyway. You just want the real deal. You want the truth. You want the truth and you want to cling to it. I know it. I can see it all over you. He's like, somebody give me the truth so I can cling to it, so I can hold on to it. I'll go for the ride. I'll go for the wild, crazy ride. I'll go on the adventure. I'll go like a, like a racehorse runs on a track, and I'll hold on. I'll, I'll hold on with both hands and both feet, and you'll take me to the destiny. But just give me something that's true, something that I can ride out on, something that's not going to break down on me, something that's not made of man and made of flesh, something that, that's not even crafted of my own selfishness but something that was fashioned for me in the heavens give me truth tonight God 
I mean, that's, what's, that's what your heart is aching for. That's what your heart is saying. And God has heard you tonight. And God is invading you. He's invading your space in this moment right here, right now. It's with you and with your God. And it's holy and it's sanctified. And it's a separate moment than any other moment that you've had in your whole life. See that? You feel that? That's this moment. That's this moment. That's this moment. Just receive it now. Here is truth. Here's freedom. Here's something you can cling to. Don't stop praying. It's not about a man. It's about your God. It's not about a man. It's about your God. It's not about a man. It's about your God. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for my brother, Lord. Father, I thank you for the vision of God. Thank you for the vision of God. Thank you for his humility. And thank you because of his humility, God, you trust him with the vision of God. Brother, there's a new level of discernment coming into your life, brother. You thought you could discern before, but God says even greater. Lord says you're going to discern my fingerprints. Hallelujah. You know what fingerprints are? They're evidence that God's touching it. Receive that right now. Because God says your humility, and because you've been trusted with the vision of God, and because you've been faithful with that vision, God says he's going to give you a new level of discernment. You're going to see his fingerprints, his evidence of what God has been touching. Father, thank you right now. Jesus. Come on, everybody. Engage with God. Engage with God. Just get from God what he has for your life right now. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Isis. Can you just lift your hands for me? Close your eyes. what dreams are, right? Have you ever had a dream that when you got up that day that it just stuck with you? In the morning when you got up and you walked around and you thought about it in the afternoon. Have you ever thought of a dream like that? You have? Listen, there's nothing to be afraid of. Let me tell you something. God's got a gift in your life. And as you're growing as a young lady, And as you're beginning to trust God with your life, he's going to give you a gift to be able to dream about things that are going to happen to people before they happen to them. Okay? That's why I I called you out. I wanted to pray for you. And I want the people around us that are hearing me say this over the microphone, I don't want them to just be fascinated with it. I really want some of them to be praying for you because I believe God is going to use you. 
So, Father, I bless her, Lord God. I bless her, God, to keep herself pure before you, Lord God. And, God, let the, let the dreams of God open up into her heart. And, Lord God, let them, Father God, those that come from you, let them go with her throughout the days and weeks. And, God, may she write them down. And may she prophesy them. May she expound upon them before congregations, not only in Chicago, but around the world, Lord God. And, Father, I pray for those that are hearing and seeing as this young lady is being marked. Let them receive, God, the burden of the Lord to pray. Not just to be fascinated, not just to be marveled by the gifting of a young girl. But, Lord, to know what a precious gift, what a great gift that you've given to this one that will inspire nations and congregations. And, Father, I bless her not to be afraid to not to be ashamed, to, but to stand in boldness. And Father, I speak the forehead of Ezekiel. I speak the forehead of Ezekiel. Let it be hers, Lord God. Battering ram for Jesus, young lady. Just stay here for a minute. I just want you to pray. And God may or may not say anything to you, but just say, Lord, Whatever you want to gift you want to give me, whatever you want to do with my life, if you just begin to talk like that to him and just pledge that to your to your God, he's going to honor that. Okay? Could you just stay here and just pray for a minute? I want everybody just lift your hands. We're all, you know we're just we just want to keep flowing just a little bit more because I believe God's still talking to folks. And he's He's talking to us as a group. We're we're thinking about Elijah and how he went through a process and how. Even there's some systems that the prophet had that God had to show him. It's not about the formula. It's about God. You know, even altar calls can become like a formula here. But that's why we're not doing it the same way every time. We do it differently. God says different things to different people. And if you want him to say something to you, he may use a man. He may use a woman to pray for you. Or he might just talk to you. He might even show you. With your eyes closed, he may show you a vision. You may see some water dripping. I remember the first time I came here. On a Saturday morning, we began to talk. And God began to say, everybody get on your face. And we began to pray. And then as people were praying, God was telling me the visions that they were having. Come on, close your eyes and let God talk to you. This is your moment. This is it right here. You don't have to try so hard to have this moment. You're having it. Just have it. You don't got to fall down, but if you do, it's okay. You don't have to cry, but if you do, it's okay. You may see something with your eyes closed. If you're seeing something, just let God talk to you about that thing that you're seeing. Some of you may be getting a verse of scripture. You might just want to remind yourself to read that. 
Heidi, I want to pray for you, but you know what? God's not letting me pray for you right now, tonight. You know why? Because he says tomorrow morning, there's going to come some words of clarity to your life. But what you need to do right now is you just need to just cast everything onto him. Everything. I would love to pray for you right now. I had every intention of praying for you. God keeps stopping me. And I'm not going to disobey God. I want you, where, even there in your seat, or if you can get over here and sit at this altar right here, I want you to just take a few minutes, and I really just pour your heart on God. Really, I'm not saying you haven't been, but right now, because God is not letting me pray for you, this is His instruction to you. And tomorrow morning, as you obey the Holy Spirit here, not only here, but in your room tonight, or wherever he, whenever He talks to you, and I want to pray for you tomorrow morning, okay? Come on, God is bringing you to this intersection, this time right here. Don't stop. Don't. How much do you want? Well, if you keep on engaging him, he'll keep on engaging you. If you keep your, your focus, if you keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. So if you concentrate, if you give him your attention, that's what worship is. It's time and attention. It's devotion given to God. If you just take a few more moments of devotion to him, thinking about processing everything that's been said, things that have been prayed over you, questions that are being asked of you. Come on, think about some of the processes that happened to you in 2011. Think about how you missed some of the things that God wanted you to have because you wouldn't go through with the process. And think about what's coming up here and what's the process God's trying to take you into this year. Because he's not intending to, he didn't bring you this far to keep you the way you are. He brought you this far because he's got a further journey for you to go. This is just an oasis. This is just a pit stop. This is a place to get refilled up and say, you know what? Now I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to bathe myself in the river of God. And I'm going to get refreshed and renewed. And I'm going to take 2012 by storm instead of letting the storm take me in 2012. This is an oasis right here, right now. You're not going to get this moment. I, 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 I'm, not say, I'm not saying you're never going to get it again. I'm just saying this moment is an oasis in your walk, in your journey, and you've got to take full advantage of it. You've got to take full advantage of it. Give them your time. Give them your attention. Do it right now. Come on, you've been waiting for this moment. I'm telling you, I saw him all over you. This is it right here. Come on. You don't got to try any harder. You've had his attention all night. He's a restorer of all things. So whatever was stripped from you, whatever strength that you lost, he's a restorer of all things. And guess what? You don't got to earn it. He's going to give it to you. He's giving it to you right now. He believes that this is the moment that you said, okay, I've had enough and I'm going forward. I'm going forward because this is not going to happen to me again. 2011 is over. 2010 is over. 2009, all those years are over. This is 2012. Your life is meant for more than what you've been living. Come on, you feel it just shaking you to the core. You can barely deny it.
And He's here to give you life. And life more abundantly. Don't you know that? Come on, just take this time, your time, and God's time. Just take it and measure it out like a sand falling through the hourglass. <laughs> really examine where you are right now and see that He is going to lift you up so that when you mark <laughs> this date next year, your feet are going to be so far you're not even going to be on this mountain. You hear me? You're going to be on a whole other mountain. You know what that means? <laughs> that means that everything that was impossible is going to be possible. Shh. Stop measuring your mistakes, God says. And start measuring this moment right here, right now. And see if I'm not the one that can correct it. Am I not the one that can restore it right here, right now? Yeah, you are, God. Now commit yourself to this process. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you're going to be mountains apart from where you are right now in a year. In a year. In a year. In a year. I hear this phrase, Lord said, clean out your closet. Just clean it out. And throw away all those things that have held you back. Throw out all those things that depress you. Throw out all those things that remind you of your mistakes. Throw out all those skeletons and bring them where they belong. The trash. Bring them where they belong, far away from you. Don't hold them in your closet any longer, God said. Can you just receive the grace to do that today? Can you just do that not only figuratively and spiritually, but physically when you return to the place when you dwell? Those things in your house and the place where you live that you know are not from God or that are just trying to drag you back, you've got to get rid of them. And there's more. I'm just not at liberty to say. You just, you just have this moment with God. You just have it. You just have it. You just have it. You just have it with Him. You just have it with Him. Such a freedom. When you feel that freedom, just take it. Come on, Nick, man. Have your time, man. Come on. Just lift your hand.